Welcome back to the Gun Mag Podcast. So, you don't need to get real close to the microphone. Just talk like normal. Yeah, just talk like normal. a conversation. Hunter Constantine, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having uh, me. Yeah, of course. It'll be my second podcast of uh, people that I dig, people that uh, I see on social media doing cool shit and uh, that I can learn from. Sweet. Because ultimately, I'm on a a journey of getting better, shooting guns. Uh, I've been put in a position that I... Not really sure how I ended up here because nothing on paper says yeah, that I, I should be in this spot. that's how a lot spot. of people end up in life, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm going to try and make the most of it and uh, take advantage of it and get good. So you stood out to me because uh, you're pretty active on social media. You do some mm-hmm. funny stuff, oh, yeah. but you obviously perform at a pretty high level. Yeah. Uh, I saw some of your cold start drills and okay. how when you go out there, you do a specific number of uh, like perfect shots just to start yeah, off the day. Yeah, that draw drill. Uh-huh. Ten perfect draws. You got to get through it before you yep. start practice. Exactly. And then uh, your story is actually pretty interesting too because you shot for the first time when you were 18. Yeah. And then within four years, you're competing at nationals. Yeah, yeah. It was a little bit longer than that, but uh, when I was 18, uh, my uncle took me to shoot my first gun. It was actually at Gunsight in Prescott, uh, really? if you're familiar with that. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was like a four and a quarter inch 1911 factory 230 ball. I mean, like as much recoil as I could probably ask for in yeah. a pistol, right? But after that weekend, just fell in love with it. Uh, bought my first AR. Uh, I ended up getting a 1911 after that and like a revolver. Had that stuff through college, but never really shot. Go to like farm fields in Ohio, just shoot at stumps. You know, like yeah. nothing formal, you know, whatever. <laughs> when we could get ammo and stuff like that. Uh, then when I moved to Tucson, Arizona, I had this inkling where I wanted to, to shoot competition. I was riding bicycles at a pretty high level when I was in school. And I was like, I'm either going to look at biking or shooting. Hmm. And shooting just because I thought it was badass and cool. Yeah, so yeah. I literally Googled, like, how to, ser- how to shoot a competition. And then Pew and Pistol Cl- Club came up in Tucson. Uh, called the match director, said show up, and for like first few months, I literally finished just dead last because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and uh, but it, it gave me a taste of it and realized that it is something that I enjoyed and I liked. Um, outside of just the shooting, even just like the social aspect of it, I've probably made most of my friends through the firearms community and like bringing us together right now, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. And you're, I don't know, a thousand miles away in Texas. Now you're here in Arizona. Yeah. It uh, was definitely a little bit of a, of a trip. And what's funny is, is the online gun community mm-hmm. is vastly different from the in-person gun Absolutely. community. The comment section and yep. the level of expertise down there. Oh yeah. Uh, just, I haven't seen that in person yet. Mm-hmm. Everybody's really humble. Um, for the most part, yeah. But they are also very inclusive. Like they want you to come out and yeah. shoot. They want to grow the sport. They want to get more people That's involved. Exactly the experience I had when I started shooting matches, where I didn't know the rules. I didn't know the gear. I had a Zev thirty four with a comp, <laughs> like TIN coated barrel, Cerakoted, like all this Gucci shit, huge battle belt. And I showed up to IDPA, and if you know anything about that, they are very strict on rules and gear. Yeah, they have a bunch of weird kind yeah, of rules, but. I will say they've made a lot of strides. Like, you can shoot appendix now. Um, <laughs> they amended some of the, the rules. Like, you can't drop uh, can't drop an empty mag unless your gun is completely empty. Hmm. Doesn't make sense. But anyways, they're changing the rules. Um, so it's definitely more enjoyable. And I like rock my EDC rig of and course. gear and everything like yeah. that for the matches. But people were like, oh, uh, you know, you can borrow my belt. You can borrow my holsters. Like, you want to use this gun instead? I'll bring it for you next match. 
and just open arms for everybody yeah. involved with it. And I was like, this is great. And uh, I was 20, 24, I think, when I first started shooting competitively, getting into it. And I'm hanging out with just, like, a bunch of old dudes, you know, like yeah. 40 to 60 years old. And I was like, oh, man, this is cool. Um, and then eventually, like, I always encourage people just go to the match, shoot with whatever gear you have. You don't need to go out and spend thousands of dollars on a new gun and a new belt. Just go shoot with what you have. People will welcome you. Maybe don't go to nationals with the wrong gear, you know, but if you're going to shoot local matches and just getting your feet wet, start with what you got. Get used to it. Figure out what you need. Figure out what you want. I didn't do that. I went out and bought a brand new 2011. I was working in commercial real estate. So you got the I, cash. Like, yeah, I was like, let's get this custom limited, 40 cal, whatever. The shot, I was like, I hate it. <laughs> I hate this gun. I'm, oh, like, no. I'm like, I want to shoot my Glock and um, did that uh, and then just continue with the striker fire guns and carry optics. Shoot Smith & Wesson now. Absolutely love it. Kind of a cult following now. If uh, mm-hmm. any of you guys visit my page, you'll yep. see a lot of Smith stuff on there. And uh, But I just started putting a lot more time into it where I would dry fire before work, go to work all day, go to the gym, come home, dry fire before bed. And that was my schedule for like a year, year and a half, give or take. Every Saturday and Sunday, shooting matches, sometimes shooting matches during the week if my schedule um, allowed it. Um, and I ended up hitting Grandmaster in 14 months. Jeez. So, like, uh, That's nice. definitely took the fast track to it. Yeah. But a lot of dedicated time, um, discipline time, um, a lot of live fire. I ended up taking over the USPSA match at my local club. Really? Before I had my USPSA membership. And so I decided I'm doing competition shooting. I'm going to focus on this. This is going to be my career. USPSA is going to be my discipline. Go to the the club after I made this like arbitrary decision one day. And the USPSA match directors were stepping down. Oh, perfect time. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And no one, no one stepped up for a couple of weeks and I just said, I'll do it. I'll just run it. I'll figure it out. I have no idea what that entails. I don't know. I don't, know the rules to uspsa i don't know what's legal as far as stage setup sure. anything like that but um like eric france he's a three-time distinguished master in idpa which means that he won nationals three times in or maybe more than three times but in three different divisions he's a dm oh, wow. which he is the only person other than uh robert vogel to do that oh, and really? we were trying to we were trying to do the math on it to find anybody else who has three of them um and we don't know and he's going to go for his fourth next year it's pretty cool. And then Elias Frangoulis, he won like, I think like eight or nine USPSA nationals. Some some um, national champions coming down from Phoenix and stuff. But I was like, I'm putting on matches for world-class shooters. And I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And talk about like that baptism by fire. It'll put the fire under you for sure. Nervous and everything like that. Um, but I started getting the hang of it, starting to understand it more. I was getting compliments on the matches where more people were driving down from Phoenix. It was about a two-hour drive just to come shoot this local match, five, six-stage match. So, obviously, it was working out pretty well. Hell, yeah. And well, there's a lot of that that isn't seen on social media. Oh, yeah. Right, because yep. it, it's not real sexy to, to show work happening. No. Uh, and the sacrifice as well of not going out to do stuff that, you yeah. know, potentially you, you could could have partied that night. Yeah, there's no parties. There's no chasing girls. I wasn't uh, off-roading or overlanding or anything like that. Yeah. There's no other hobbies. Didn't I have my own business now, you know, and a couple of them. And just, like, there's so much more to it. But at that time, it was just sole dedication on shooting. And then uh, picked up my first sponsorship, and I gave my company, like, a two-month notice. 
so I could find a replacement, train them up, all that, all that stuff. And then I took a summer break as like an adult, you know, I'm like, nice. else am I yeah. going to do that? Yeah. And like with my severance, I bought like 28,000 rounds and like all the rest of the gear that I needed. And I was like, all right, this will last you for the next year. And I shot through all 28,000 rounds in like three months. Oh my God. Because, uh, <laughs> because now my schedule is just wake up, go to the range, gym, home, you know? And it was like, a um, lot more live fire time, but I went from like a high B class shooter at the beginning of those three months to GM at the end of it. Man. So it just like, again, just fast tracked it where it was just pure dedication to the sport, to what I'm doing and understanding it. And then started shooting uh, major matches as well, which is, I think, the most beneficial thing you can do once you get into the competition realm is go out, shoot majors, because you get a talent pool from all over the country. You know, mm. um, it's not just your local pond. Um, even like the, the Phoenix pond is pretty stacked. So like when we go travel for major matches, like top 25 guys, a good portion of them are all from Arizona, Phoenix area, which is pretty cool to see where even tonight we'll have some very talented shooters, uh, at this local steel match. It's like a little po donkey, but, (laughs) um, nonetheless, it's, it's awesome to be around those people because you get to, you get to see how they, how they shoot. And it helps you emulate what they're doing as well because you're like, you know what? I'm like, you know, they shot like I shot, just a little bit smoother, maybe a little bit faster on those transitions. You're like, I could do that. And you start you start seeing it actually happen because if you just watch on Instagram sometimes, like you watch Christian Saylor rip that open gun. He's like a robot. Yeah. And just snapping everything, spicy splits, whatever, JJ or any of those big guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you watch it in person, it's just it's a different way of analyzing and actually seeing it happen. And so – um, it's fun to reach that exploratory area in your practice and like local matches where you can push the speed. You might throw a couple mics, maybe a no shoot, sure. yeah. you know, maybe forget a target. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I feel like that's definitely going to happen to me. I'm going to get yeah. up there. I'm going to have a, a plan ready to roll. And as soon as I hear that beep, I'm going to forget who I am and uh, probably miss a fuck, you know, at least a yeah. handful of targets. Well, you'll be in good hands. Yeah. Guiding you through it for <laughs> yeah. sure. Is this, is this going to be your first match yeah. ever? Yeah, first oh, match. Ever. I'm honored to uh, to be here for that. Well, man. thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, one of the things that I I really want to do is make sure that the time I spend at the range is actually building towards something. Absolutely. Because I feel like it's really easy, just like with the gym. You know, if you, you show up at the gym and you do the weight you always do, mm-hmm. and you walk out and you can feel pretty good. Yep. Uh, but sometimes getting your ass kicked is actually the, s- the better option. Yeah, to get those results. Because, like, I always say there's a difference between shooting and practicing. Yeah. And I don't really post my practice as much because it's super boring. It's usually right. a single target, maybe two targets or something. Uh, and, frankly, that's not too sexy for online. Exactly. And it's a lot of fundamentals work, draws and doubles and reloads and transitions and things like that. But just to, like, the molecular level where I can just dial it in, understand my gun. Um, th- this year, the focus has been on, like, your processing power of your brain. Mm. And so, um, like, my draw stroke's fine. My reloads are fine. You know, they could be dialed a little bit more, but what I've been chasing after, especially with that that draw drill, is that you start the, – the drill is, for those of you who don't know, it's a, a three-inch target at 10 yards um, with a draw sub-150. And you have to do it 10 times in a row inside of that three-inch circle. Um, and I'll have to complete that before I even get to start whatever was on my practice schedule for that day. Huh. And so what I found was at the beginning when I first started this drill, I was just ripping my gun out of the holster and just taking a shot, just taking a shot, taking a shot, taking a shot. 
but as I started to do it more, I started to like really feel how my grip's being built on my gun out of my holster, how my support hand's meeting on my gun, seeing my sight uh, land on the target, adjusting my sight, thinking, like confirming that my sight is on the target where it needs to be, good trigger press and follow through to make sure the shot went where it needs to. And that's, and typically my draw gets down to about a one, maybe like 110 to 130 is like average draw. But I'm thinking about all those individual things through that process. Really? And so when you think about you're going into tenths of seconds to analyze all these different things, that's like flexing your brain muscles to start sure. processing. So when I get on a stage, um, going through those targets and everything like that, I'm, I can have like my own like self one and self two having a conversation to myself as I'm going through the stage. I'll be like, man, I was way too slow. I was too slow, man. That was not it. And then I look at the time and I like raw time some people by a couple seconds or beat some open guys or something like that. And I realize it's just because that processing power is so strong that it's like uh, it's like you're almost in like slow-mo or something where mm. like you're, well, Because you're not thinking about sentences. It's it's the, the shortened versions of that. It's like the yeah. images of all the times you've already done it, the synapses that you've built. Leading into it or like I come up, I got a shitty draw, a shitty grip on my gun, I'm like you better focus on that trigger press because you're not going to hit that target if you slap that trigger or, uh, or vice versa. If I got a really good grip and I got open targets, I can just disrespect. <laughs> I'm slapping the shit out of that trigger and I'm yeah. going for like 14 splits on it. Yeah. Um, but it's playing that game and, uh, it's, it's a constant balance between like your speed and your accuracy and it's perishable too. So like when I go on the road for four weeks off roading and I come back, yeah, there's a lot of rust. And I might do that draw drill 10 times before I pass or 15 times. Man. There's been times at the range I bring 300 rounds of ammo, so that's 30 reps on that drill. And I don't even get to my practice because I just did that 30 times wow. and, I, and I didn't get it. Is that something you came up with yourself? Like, did you create the structure for that? Or did you model it after somebody else or have a mentor or something? Um, that was between uh, me and my buddy Dylan Vensky. Okay. Um, he's also on the Rogue Methods team. Um, he's like my best friend in Tucson, shooting buddy. Um, and he's been with me since I first started. Uh, he had a background in competition shooting. Uh, I think he won one or two junior World Steel Challenge uh, championships in California, uh, and then deployed with the Army. And oh, so nice. uh, I think he was in Afghanistan. I'll let him speak for himself. You guys can DM him, you know, whatever. Yeah. But um, we, we worked on these little targets for a competition class that we put together. And then this is a iteration of one of the drills we made for that class. So we gotcha. kind of combined together for the initial drill, and then I spun it off where uh, the big thing is just consistency and being able to do something over and over again. Because I see a lot of a lot of drills online where guys are just like ripping their guns and like uh, there's a term like zero or hero for some stages, you know, or mm. if you connect, you're a hero, but you're going way past your skill point. And you're likely zero that stage. And so I wanted to do something that takes that, completely away and like nationals i finished 24th um i nice. shot shot the most accurate out of anybody in the match zero penalties one delta uh but my time was slow i was about like 30 seconds off on raw time but it was 100 percent executable where if i had to go shoot nationals tonight and the next two days i could shoot that exact same score again no questions asked gotcha um and so i again that's that going back to that balance of speed versus accuracy and your executable versus your exploratory speed. And so, yeah, I probably could have pushed and maybe maybe bumped up a couple of positions, but knowing that I could go there and shoot that exact same score again without question, 100% certainty, and, like, I saw I saw every single shot I took over 19 stages. 
Like that. That's a big deal. Yeah, that for me is like more long run progression where, all right, you understand you can process all this information. Like I can go back in my head and replay stages from nationals and tell you, tell you different things from different stages, right? But the speed, once you start getting used to that, now I'm like, all right, let's push it. Let's push it and keep pushing that processing power until, you know, maybe maybe top 20, maybe top 16, maybe top 10. Yeah. You know? Who knows? But it's – I want to work on skills that are going to help me long-term because I'm in it. For I'm in, this for, I'm in yeah. this for life, man. This is not a short stint. I love it. I breathe Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And um, I want to set myself up for, for success in the future. Well, I, I said this uh... – the other day on the podcast with admin, um, I was scrolling across Instagram one day and saw a video from Jerry Mitchellick. Love Jerry. And Jerry Mitchellick. Godfather of shooting. Yeah, he's got, it's all zoomed in on him and he's mm-hmm. looking down this scope and he's like, you know, I'm going to shoot this 22 about a thousand yards. And you know, yeah. something about 22 is, is over long distance, your issue is bullet trace. And yeah. it zooms out and it's, it's a little 22 revolver yeah. with this giant thing it's on it. It's yeah. mounted. He's like, so let's see if we can do it. And he shoots it. Like oh oh I got yeah. it let's try it one more time and he gets Get ready so. yeah, yeah he, no. he gets ready to shoot it again and bing it goes off and it zooms out and it's got his wife right there hitting a the little gong oh nice and he's like maybe now we got to do it all over again yeah. when I saw that I'm like I know what I want to be when I grow up yeah and that's it right there because the shelf life is really up to you like however long you yeah. you want to be in it so if if you're doing this well at this stage. You're only going to get better as yep. long as you keep doing it. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like It's a, it's a lifelong sport where I've, yeah. I've met multiple guys in their 80s at major <laughs> matches crazy. getting after it. And they've got open guns from, like, the 90s that have, like, a 42-millimeter uh, red dot on it. Like, you know, like a BSA something or the other <laughs> yeah. side-mounted on uh, some old school, like, 1911 or 2011. And, you know, they're not moving fast. They're taking, like, sure. little little pigeon steps. And they get to the target and just go, boom. And then their shot group's, like, the size of a, a quarter on the target or something like that or, like, an egg. And you're just like, yeah, holy shit. Yeah. Like, you know, he can still shoot no matter what. But more than anything, they're having fun. And they're yeah. staying active. And so I always tell people, too, like, if you're not having fun, it's not for you. And Absolutely. so, like, even, like, 24th good finish at Nationals, by guarantee I had more fun than anybody there. That's all you know, that matters. Yeah. Right? And so, like, I drove the truck there, and yeah. uh, that was on the end of, like, a, a four-week trip. And so, like, just cracking jokes the whole time and just, like, staying light and friendly. And some competitors don't like that. They're very serious and, like, just, like, laser-focused. But you got to figure out what works for you because, like, uh, like Christian, boom, laser-focused. He's got his routine. He's got his stuff sorted out, whatever. I'm like, i got to be making jokes. I'm going to go hug every RO when I get to the stage and introduce myself. And, like, yeah, just whatever. Just Shooting the shit because Absolutely. If, I, if I'm relaxed and I'm in that positive state of mind, I'm going to be able to perform at whatever skill level I'm at. And if I'm stressed, then that stress starts impeding. It's the same Absolutely. goes for training as well where um, I, I really didn't like the drill instructor style training that a lot of the industry has right now. We're like yeah. yelling and this, that, and the other. And like, yeah, there's a place for it depending on what you want to train. But um, I think students have gotten – a lot more out of class where it just feels like we're all hanging out. Yeah, where, I feel like some of that comes from the uh, the military side of things, sure. of like the strict expectations. Yep. But I've said it before, it's not my quote, obviously, but uh, the water that softens the potato mm-hmm. hardens the egg. Yeah. Some things work for some people. For if sure. you, you know, shove somebody's face in the dirt, that can motivate them yep. to get better. 
or it can make them never want to come back. Yeah. Right. So to a certain degree, you kind of have to pick what you want to do, whether it be yep. laser focus and total seriousness. But when I get in that mode, I get so critical of every mistake oh, that yeah. it it's – I've heard the same thing. You need to have a goldfish memory. Mm-hmm. Just any mistake you made, forget yeah. about it, move past it, yep. and That's it. shoot even, again. Even on the wins, um, I think it was called a winning mind, winning mindset or something. It's talking about CrossFit athletes. But they uh, – they talk about only celebrating for like 30 seconds after the win and sulking for 30 seconds after a loss. And that's it. That's all. That's the only time you're allowed to, to have it yourself until everything's over. So um, there was uh, one stage at Nationals was four activators, four moving targets. Uh, and like, I mean, I shoot a lot, still got nervous walking up to it. <laughs> yeah, going sure. on like, you need to hit your mark and get all these hits and it needs to be perfect. And it came down to like around a four to four and a half second stage if you hit everything first pass. And very short stage, but um, going into that, it's, it's, I lost my train of thought where I was going with that. Well, it depends on, on uh, your mindset. Yeah. Going into it. The um, first stage of the day, that was cold start, super nervous, but with good people on my squad in that positive mindset and just knew that, you know, you've, you've been doing this so long, just, just trust yourself. You're going to go out there and shoot it. And uh, um, ended up doing well. I think I finished, I don't know, maybe like top 15 on that one or something. But it came down to like hundredths of a second on <laughs> yeah. the placement on that. You know, I think Max Michelle ripped that one like crazy fast, but it's Max Michelle. Of course. You know, decades in the sport. Absolutely. Yeah. And so if I'm sitting here at four years and I'm, I'm at their toes or itching at their heels, you know, I'm in a happy place about it and uh, only can continue moving, moving forward on that. But that that focus does snap on where, um, like when I get to a stage, like do my mental breakdown of the stage, how I'm going to shoot it, where the targets are, where I'm going to reload, where I'm going to move, a little breathing technique. And then like, I just like settle into myself and like get myself into that motor. Like, all right, let's focus. Let's shoot, go through the stage, switch it off right back to golden retriever. (laughs) uh, But I remember now, so that was a good stage, right? First stage of the day, day three, crushed it. And I was like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. Slap hands, everything. And then after that, forget about it. What's the next stage? Go back to just talking shit to the ROs and everybody else on mm-hmm. my squad and get my mag stuffed up, whatever it is. But um, keeping yourself limited to that will help with the bad stages because I had a couple bad stages at Nationals too. I had one where um, I had a, a light round. I loaded all my own ammo. I loaded like 8,000 rounds before I left on that trip. I had Ohio Range Day. I had a carbine class, uh, uh, a couple local matches, multiple practice days throughout that. And I was like, I need ammo for like five weeks on the road. So just loaded up. And yeah, I was that's a lot. cranking. Uh, on my uh, Dylan Press, it's 1,100. It's supposed to be 1,100 rounds per hour. Uh, and I was getting up to about like 14 or 1,500 with my bullet feeder. And I mean, just cranking and shaking. And uh, uh, I, just, I think just little bit of light powder in one of the rounds but it was enough where um the brass didn't come out of the gun like it fired but the brass didn't come out and i remember in that moment i'm like i'm either going to and i racked it and i pulled the trigger again in that like split second i was thinking i'm either finishing the stage or i'm not shooting for a year and my gun's blowing up and i just sent it anyways because i was like (laughs) nationals let's go yeah hell yeah and uh but again after that stage i was like cool got through the stage everything was fine gun didn't blow up 
both my hands are still here, right? Thank God. And, uh, um, but again, just 30 seconds. All right, you know, check your bullets, whatever I needed to do just to make, us, make myself feel better for the next stage and, well, uh, and just moved on. I mean, I've heard it for, for losing, but I haven't heard it for winning. That's probably yeah. a good mindset to have because whenever you've won, congratulations, that's over. Mm-hmm. Now you got to shoot again. You know, now you got to move on from that. There's four more stages to go or 19 more stages to go or depending yeah. on whatever match. So, like, those major matches are nice because it's a marathon. So whoever is just more consistent across the board typically does better rather than having, like, these spikes up and down of high performance, low performance. Uh, I think uh, Ben Stoger's won some nationals where he never even got a stage win, single stage win in a match. Really? He finished, like, second through fourth on every single stage. And but overall took, won? But overall won. Wow. So uh, that stuck with me a little bit, too, where, like, I want to shoot for consistency mm-hmm. uh, rather than uh, rather than just trying to hero stuff, just, like, shoot to my skill, and that's why I just want to shoot, like, an executable nationals where I go and shoot the same thing. And so it's really interesting stuff, and it's – the number one competition is the best way to get your skill better. And I like, I've, I've run, I've run, I don't know, let's just say two dozen classes over the last year here at Cowtown alone, some in Casa Grande in Arizona too. And uh, I encourage students to come out and shoot this match, this Wednesday night steel match. And on Instagram, they'd like DM me, like, hey, you coming out tonight? It's a bit of a drive, but if I'm up here, I'll shoot it. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I'll be out there. I'll be like, cool, I'll meet you up, whatever. And we meet up, get signed up, start shooting. And then it's like a few times go by. And I come up here, and they never DM'd me, and they're shooting with a group of people. Mm. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, like, look at Stu go. Yeah. Like, he's getting after it. Um, and there's probably a couple dozen people now that come out, you know, maybe not every match, but come out semi-regularly to these matches now that were former students where now they're getting the reps in competition. And I could tell you this, and great, some people might take it to heart, some people might not. But once you get out there and shoot, you start – realizing the appreciation of what that performance on demand does for your skill level where you have to go out there and just do it and now these guys they're out here just smack and steal like nobody's business yeah and i couldn't be more proud of them either of course so cool to see and actually be able to see their progression over time because a lot of the times especially like out of state i'm like i might teach somebody once maybe twice three times uh, but i don't get to see them on a regular basis and see them progress and like watch their name start creeping up on the leaderboard mm-hmm. so it's it's a very unique uh opportunity to be able to see students progress like that over time yeah i mean i feel like a lot of people don't want to start because they don't want to be low on that leaderboard yeah. you know that that's at least from my perspective obviously i want to walk in and just crush it you know is there I, a possibility yeah. you can walk in being the best maybe but probably yeah. not yep. because even whenever i'm shooting with with Corey. Uh, at the range like it's different on film because there's a lot of film pressure to just be fast and there's also plenty of angles right to where you don't even need to show hits you know i can just fire into the dirt but instagram hits don't matter yeah exactly as long as i bear down and i don't have a a lot of recoil like that good video congratulations but i don't want to build bad habits with the actual shooting fundamentals sure so ultimately that's why i'm in the the training journey to try and get uh, better, but whenever we're shooting against each other, mm-hmm. it changes the whole game. Oh, yeah. Like, all right, first person on this steal yep. wins the round. There's, you don't win anything, right? Right. But the fact that now the somebody pressure. else, yeah, yeah, that little bit of pressure, it changes your ability. Absolutely. And you got to get used to that kind of like stress yep. inoculation to and a certain degree. Even when I'm filming content and stuff too, if, if I get in the mindset of I need to go fast, I usually fuck up. Yeah. I fumble my draw. Yeah. Miss the target. Hit the no shoot. Whatever. But as soon as I just relax, I'm like, just go shoot. Just go do it. Yeah. 
it will usually be like nine out of ten times better. Occasionally you connect and you get something real spicy. You know, like I think Can't Isaac happen. Lockwood laid down like a 123 bill drill at the side match at Nationals. Oh, jeez. Crazy. It was five to the body, one to the head on accident. But he'll say it's on purpose. <laughs> but he's a, he's a hell of a shooter. He's wicked fast on the gun. But, um, yeah, man, that, that pressure. It's And it's hard to build pressure uh, by yourself on the range, too. And that's sure. why, like, with that draw drill, you got to do it ten times. All the drills that I put together, there's – uh, a certain amount of reps you need to complete successfully before you pass. It's not just, okay, I did it, or whatever. Right. It's like smoking aces, two reload, two. It's like, all right, do that once under 250. You can do it five times in a row. You know, and, like, it just starts changing things where. Because if you can do it once, yep. congratulations. You know, whoop de yeah. do. I can, I can hit any sort of crazy cool drill for Instagram if you give me 50 tries. Right. Eventually, I'll be able to smack yep. it. I'll be able to make it work. And, and if I post that one. The the most, where, where I find the pressure too is I make myself finish that set. So if I'm on, if I'm on draw eight and I fail, I still got to do nine and ten. Yeah. So every single time, it's still, it's ten rounds, the rep, no matter what, when you sign up. And uh, that adds pressure. Because now you're thinking in your head, you're like, all right, I got seven. All right, I got eight. And, like, the second you think of, like, don't fuck up, you fuck up. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. As soon as you lose that focus, yep. and focus is, like, comes down to everything. But it's pretty cool. I, I'm, I'm starting to explore shooting, like, my appendix rig and matches uh, just because I want to get better at it. Um, I'm by no means a master when it comes to, like, the appendix draw and stuff. I'm still learning, still have sure. some strides to go. And that's why I was, like, again, I want to be a student. I want to learn. Um, I've had a handful of guys DM me just being like, hey, you should try this hand placement, that hand placement. And I'll go out to the range and try it, and I'll, I'll be shooting appendix tonight. Oh, cool. um, and so it's uh, it's just good to get reps like that because it is what I carry daily. And right. I like I carry Cowtown. If you watch this, this gun is unloaded. Um, but it, I carry a full-size Smith & Wesson, 5-inch light. This is the metal frame one. Um, but... Like, this is my daily carry. I'm going to shoot same same variant model tonight. Uh, I'm going to shoot SRO instead of the Delta Point. But regardless, it's the same gun I carry with, same gun I compete with. I've even taken hog hunting. It's got bodies on it. My USPSA <laughs> gun has hog bodies on it. That's awesome. So, like, I don't I don't know many competitors that shoot the same gun they carry, uh, let alone go hunting with that same gun, and just use it day in, day out. And, I like, I truly want to embrace carry optics where it's like, right. this is my carry gun, and I want to get reps on it. Um, and so I've been talking to a couple of my buddies about running some major matches from appendix for carry optics and seeing how we stack up, you know? And, I mean, if uh, you're, if you can, if you can hit the targets, right. And in, in quick the, succession, yeah, what like else does it come down your to? Your draw is not going to win you a match. Right. You know, um, typically there's movement with your draw in a major match. Maybe it's a classifier, like a speed shoot or something like that, or standards. You need a fast draw coming out, but typically you have a step or two before you just draw the gun. Mm. Um, so as long as you can get like that one five draw, like should be money. As long as you got a good grip on your gun, you can smack the reloads. Um, I've been using Neil Mags. I don't know if that's legal for USPSA to do pocket loads, but I'm sure someone can fact check us on that, right? I'm sure they will. Yeah, yeah but the right the right gear right helps too. Like I went through a boatload of holsters, boatload of belts, um, even different guns. I had a compact Smith and Wesson for a little while. Didn't like it. I like the full size grip with my hand. And again, just continuity between everything while i'm shooting sure. and that's huge um and not swapping guns so often like i i've got cz's and glocks and 2011s and smiths and stuff all across the board right but 
you'll get good when you just pick one gun and stick with it and know that gun inside and out. And so I've been shooting the Smith for like three years now, and I'm probably probably approaching somewhere in the realm of like 150 to 200,000 rounds on the platform. You know, I'm, I'm gunning, for, That's crazy. gunning for a million, but like that allows me to understand that gun inside and out. Like I know how that recoil feels when it's a light round. Um, I know if it's a bad grip, I can call my shot just on base. I can call my shot based on how that gun feels in my hand. Hmm. Um, and that's huge. And then like uh, the tier one MSP holster, you can get your whole hand around the grip, which is huge. And then just drop the belt, shout out, shameless plug, Constantine <laughs> concealed carry, but yeah. um, super comfortable belt stretches for you and stuff. And so like that whole combo, uh, I've just found success where like I did a couple GM runs uh, last weekend during Steel Challenge running appendix. Uh, which is crazy because steel challenge requires a very fast draw because you're already standing in the box and the target's right in front of you and you have to draw and speed shoot through the target. So run it from appendix. That was like a small pat on my back after the match. Of course. I was like, fuck, GM, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Was that something you saw that just wasn't there in the market and that you could easily you know, satisfy that? Um, I wasn't satisfied with any belts on the market at the time. Gotcha. And so I would always have like lower back pain or hip pain uh, carrying some of the more rigid belts all day long and um, like especially like overlanding right I'm sitting in my truck for hours on end sure in and out of the truck constantly climbing on my hands and knees looking for clearance and stuff like that guiding people um, and my lower back would just be killing me by the end of the day to the point where some of my friends they just they just um, they're like a little molly panel under their seat and they have a holster bolted into that molly panel where they take their gun off their body but so they don't have to deal with it don't have to deal with it yeah um, and so there's uh there was one belt previously that kind of gave me a little bit of inf- uh, inspiration behind it. And I've seen some other belts on the market, but none executed uh, how I wanted. And I bought them to try them because I'm like, oh, cool. sure. This is, I'm like, I don't have to go through the process of developing a product and selling it. I can just buy somebody else's and it's done. But I wasn't satisfied with it. So took it in my own hands. It's all U.S. made. It's made right in uh, uh, Boise, Idaho. Cool. All U.S. Uh, materials on it. But it is the most comfortable belt you could possibly wear. And so, oh, like, yeah. um, I got a couple of people testing them. The first batch of them should be uh, should be here next week and ship. But it's, uh, it's pretty cool. We got, like, 75% of them sold before I even had them in just on the pre-order. And it's, it's what that social media audience is for, yeah, right? Yeah, it's crazy. And, like, first few orders are, like, dudes I know. And I'm like, oh, look, someone saw the belt. But super satisfying seeing that email come in somebody I don't know but once it's once it's out there I think people will truly understand it's a little bit higher price point at 115 but I had probably spent four or five hundred bucks on belts over the last three or four years trying to find what I like so I was like right and US made I could have saved like 35 bucks going overseas to China but fuck that yeah hell yeah keep it domestic uh-huh. you know? 100% so it's pretty cool um, and I'm, I'm excited to see how people like it you know as it uh as it gets into people's hands, because so far every single person, they won't take it off. Or I've I, sometimes I bring belts to matches to let people try out, and they will not take them off, and they try to go home with them. I mean, mm-hmm. in, in good light, they're friends. Sneak you know, away with it, yeah. yeah. But it's um, it just I haven't found anything of that same level of comfort where I can keep a full size gun light on me. You can run a sidecar. Uh, I ran my Sandhawk for a while, so that's like oh, wow. super heavy gun. Yeah, uh, six inch, basically a six inch twenty eleven with a light one forty sevens in the mag <laughs> and a spare mag. Yeah. So you got uh, almost forty rounds of one forty sevens on you, plus a huge steel gun. Gets heavy. 
Yeah. And the belt could handle it, which was awesome. Um, I feel like the best products come from people that end up having to use it and, and looking around and not finding yep. exactly what they exactly. need. Exactly. So. And I, I spent about a year, year and a half developing it. So many different prototypes and ideas and then finally settled on this one. And price point works. Comfort's outstanding. Utility is outstanding. And it's like rigid but flexible. So... Um, that's hard to that's hard to beat. Yeah, it's uh it's amazing. I'll, I'll have once 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 I get more inventory, I'll uh, I might have one for you when you come to Dallas. To okay, hundred percent. Uh, the Rogue Methods classes. I will definitely you know? be there. Yeah, talk a little bit more of those classes because we're losing line. We need yeah, to go yeah. shoot that. Yeah, match. I'm All excited. Right. So um, Rogue Methods, uh, Raul Martinez founded that. Uh, we just had the one year anniversary this month for the company. Really? Which is crazy. And we he's been selling out classes across the country. Um, he's got. Uh, Four classes uh, right now that are offered, and there might be some more shooting ones coming up uh, since he brought on myself and Dylan. So see some performance stuff, but we got uh, low profile pistol, low profile carbine. So no gun belts are allowed, no battle belts or anything uh, like that. Yeah. Um, rifles, like no mag carriers, like mags are in your pocket and stuff like that. But it's like if I hop out of my truck and I grab my AR, I don't have a battle belt in there. I don't have a plate sure. carrier. I'm not gonna have that shit. And it, like I changed stuff on my gun after running the class a couple times because I realized I don't necessarily need all this shit on here and it's heavy enough. I have to carry that gun all day long for six or seven hours. Like, yeah, maybe I don't want a two pound optic setup on it or something, you know, <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Right. Um, low profile pistols focused on concealed carry stuff. Um, and it translates to his close contact gunfighter class, which is like the flagship class for the company. And that is... Uh, That's the helmet one, right? Helmet one, <laughs> yep. yeah. It's, uh, it's hand-to-hand, like grappling, um, a little bit of striking with sim guns and sim knives. So uh, you get in this class and you, you get paired up typically with someone similarly sized um, and you get reps wrestling for guns on the ground. And it will open your eyes up real quick. Oh, yeah. And, uh, like when I first hopped in there, I mean, I, I was nervous. Like I said, I got a little bit of a wrestling background, but I was like, I was not expecting to, to be in the ring that day, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. he's like, get a helmet on. I'm like, all right. And so we went after it and for anybody who listens to this, you'll get a, a free tip, but control the person, not the gun. Mm. And so a lot of people, especially new people to the class, they immediately just dive down on that gun and they try to try to get the first shot off. First one to get shots loses. Right. So go for the gun, but typically they're focused and they're just diving down, head down, vision not up. Leaves a lot of opportunity to do a cross face. Makes a lot of sense. Choke yeah. them out, whatever. Whatever it is, but just to get them away from that gun so you can control them. Then you get the gun and uh, you don't know the condition of the gun. You don't know if it's loaded. Ah, you don't know if cool there's a spent round. Like, so sometimes people go click and there's nothing there. And then they got to rack it. <laughs> now you got to control the guy and rack the gun. And uh, there's a good video post a little while ago where sometimes a student will get a, a, a knife with them too, uh, um, a training blade. Mm-hmm. But Raul will not tell the other people in the class that they have a training blade. But you know that someone might have it when you go up against them. So it's another Damn. crazy aspect. So, like, you're, you're down there wrestling and everything and grappling. And what happened with this guy is he needed to rack the gun, right? And, you know... Hindsight's like, rack it off your shoe, rack it off your belt. All these things that people train that you see on Instagram. Um, But in the mindset, when you're controlling a guy and you're worried about getting stabbed, the last thing you're thinking about is racking the gun (laughs) on your belt or your shoe. 
And so it, like, shows him where he, like, takes the hand off the guy for a split second to rack the slide. And he, like, racks it and shoots, like, immediately. But that was enough time for that guy to use that, that training blade get and get him three on. or four times. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, you shot him, but, like, you also just got stabbed on your forearms and on the inside of your elbow. And those are some major arteries right yep. there that will bleed out. And so it it gives a real perspective to uh, your your everyday carry and what you're That's capable the of. And you realize you do not want to get in a fight, mm-hmm. period. Absolutely. And that, and you'd also be surprised, too. Some of the big guys can't fight, and some of the small guys are crazy scrappy. Yep. And so you don't know what type of training people have. Uh, like, we've had a couple, like, black belt jiu-jitsu people come through, you know, and they're, like, uh, just wrapping people up. Of course. You know, and the other guy got 50 pounds on him and, like, four inches. Doesn't matter. There's, like, a little spider on him. Mm-hmm. And it is – it's unique, and I haven't seen – it executed that well before where everybody's in that that positive learning mindset throughout the class and you're having fun you're beating the shit out of each other in a safe way of course yeah yeah safe way but so we've got we've got class coming up in dallas uh um dallas las vegas phoenix uh and then i think the 2023 schedule is going to be dropping here soon but going all over the country and uh super excited to be part of that team and Awesome. Train with those guys and just meet some new people and, and have training that applies to more than just static shooting, static range. flat range stuff. And right. and Raul's Raul's awesome to work with. He he gives us some freedom in the firearms classes, so we get to take some of our expertise from competition shooting and relay them into this class for an everyday carry class or this low profile pistol class, which there's not there's not a thick enough bridge for. Some people are doing it, but Dylan and I wanted to make that a focus where things we're doing in competition directly apply hmm. to your everyday carry and a low profile pistol where if you're master if you master your gun, you don't need to take that brain power, that processing power on using your weapon or using your firearm of like, oh, I need to get my trigger press, I need to get my grip, I need to get my sights. You can just focus on not getting hit in the face exactly. with a punch. Yep. And you know that as soon as that gun gets in your hand, your fundamentals are built where I can make that shot. That conscious competency of, of the, yep. the firearm. And so, um, and again, that's why I like using the same gun, carry the same gun, continuity all the way through, where I don't have to think about anything about my gun if I would ever have to draw it, and I hope I never have to. Of course. You know, and so it's it's different than some of the other mindsets out there, but if you master, master whatever protective item you have on you, whether that's a blade or a gun, Maybe nunchucks, if you're feeling spicy. Sure, hell yeah. It takes I, a lot of discipline. Yeah, I know Maybe one nunchucks. guy who actually is pretty high up on nunchucks, and, like, he <laughs> he was fucking us up with, like, just, like, these... Uh, nunchuck skills, computer yeah, hacking skills. skills. <laughs> hunting skills. Um, girls like guys with skills. But, dude, he had, like, sure. little fomos. He was fucking us up. We couldn't even get close to him. Yeah, dude, he looks you? ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. But I was like, respect, dude. I mean, yeah. I, and you know what? In my mind, if someone pulls out nunchucks on me on the street, I'm getting the fuck out of there. I'm backing up. Because if they got them, they probably know how to use them. <laughs> or they're some fucking tweaker. Yeah, you exactly. Know <laughs> no matter what, any type of dude who pulls nunchucks on you, you're not yeah, going to want to like fight. Like a samurai sword? I think that would be another red flag. Absolutely. But, yeah, the um, it, it's cool the unique classes that he's putting together and uh, and how many people we're, we're reaching every year with that stuff because it's it's – it's endless, and, and I'm surprised with how many people want to sign up again where we've gotten requests for groups of students where they were strangers before the class hmm. wanting to 
go and roll around together. Or maybe they're just like acquaintances or something like sure. that, you know, but like, we're like, hey, could you run a class just for us? Like, not a wow. public class, you know, right. but like, they enjoyed it so much that they want to do it again. And, That's awesome. Um, typically with classes, you know, people might take them once, maybe twice, but um, I haven't really seen that like desire from some other instructors where like they want to take it again. You know. Some classes will put the fire in you, you know, and, yeah. and get you to want to go out there and, and really get the uh, the addiction going, yeah. for sure. My most recent class was definitely like that. What class did you take? It was the average Joe's, just the cool. basic fundamental pistols. Sure. Um, and they, they're they uh, SWAT guys, so <clears throat> they talked about, you know, some of their SWAT classes mm-hmm. are... Uh, they shove your dick in the dirt, you know, and, yeah. and by the end of it, you're just exhausted. And, and I've sort of asked them about, like, diminishing returns, and they're like, yeah, that's absolutely the case. Mm-hmm. You get too tired or too beat up or mentally in the wrong headspace, it's probably best that you don't continue to just fire because you're not going to be building yep. those type of skills. But this was a class that after I walked away from it, even if it was just the basics, I felt much better about it. So, yeah. but anyways, let's let's get uh, your at where yeah, they can yeah. find you, where they can sign up for classes and all Absolutely. that stuff, and we'll close it out. All right. We're going to just hit them with everything at once, okay? Let's do it. Right here, this camera, we're going live right here. I feel like Ron Burgundy. There you go. Unique New York. All right. You can catch me on Instagram at, at Hunter underscore Constantine and also at Two Track Nation, okay? Two Instagram handles, follow them. Two Track Nation's all off-roading. Hunter Constantine, firearms, fun, machine guns, all sorts of shenanigans. Um... Sign up for class at Rogue Methods, Rogue, yeah, roguemethods.com. And then you can find my belt at hunterconstantine.com. Hell yeah. That's it. That's Hunter, all I got. Thanks Cheers for joining me. me. Thank Appreciate you, man. it, man. Let's thanks go shoot this journey. Let's do it.